0: Welcome to Suddenly Seeking Homeschooling, a podcast for unexpected homeschoolers who never considered homeschooling but find themselves doing just that. Each week, we'll talk about the challenges and joys of homeschooling with a few practical tips thrown in. I'm your host, Kim. I do Facebook Lives on my Facebook page from time to time, and when I think it's something that would be really valuable for you guys, I pull that audio over here for my podcast listeners. So this particular Facebook Live was over the different ways to approach homeschool planning and the pros and cons of each way. Hey, so today I want to talk a little bit about um, planning. So when you think about planning your year, your week, your day, however you plan, um, however intricately you plan, you need to kind of think about what your strategy is gonna be and it will probably change as you move through. Um, I know my strategy has changed multiple times, but I'm digging what I'm doing now. So, But I'm gonna share kind of my own evolution and what uh, your options are for planning. So when you look at planning, basically you can either use curriculum outlines. So what I mean by that either You use a scripted lesson that actually has, you know, like this is your lesson. These are the things you need. You don't write anything else down. You open up your curriculum and you go to the next page. And I have definitely done that. Paper planning. So I've shown you my paper planner on Instagram before. Um, and I'll show it to you later as well. Digital planning. So, I have two digital planners I mentioned on my last live that I would definitely suggest you use um, either one of those and they both have free trials if you're interested in digital planning and using an app for digital planning versus just using like a good notes on um, Apple devices. Hybrid planning, which is really what I do. I do my day-to-day planning digitally, but then I use a paper planner for like a weekly overview and I actually use my paper planner as a daily assessment so I can kind of look and keep up with what's working. And then kind of the last option is not planning at all, but not planning at all isn't really what you think it is. So we'll talk about each one. So using the curriculum outline is basically opening the page and going to the next page in your curriculum. Your curriculum might have even a schedule with it. Some of them do, some of them don't. Um, but it's basically opening your curriculum, going to the next page for your Open and Go curriculums. Uh, the pros are that it requires no work in advance for you. Like you literally just open it and do the next thing. <laughs> the cons are, and as someone that's done this a lot, I, can, I feel like I can speak to this probably more. <laughs> more than maybe some people who didn't do it this way. Sometimes if you do the open and go, it will slow you down because, especially when you use manipulative intensive curriculum or if you're using science, um, which can be experiment heavy, hands-on heavy curriculum, it can take a while to pull everything out when you're just opening it and like, okay, today's lesson is, oh, well, I need seven things (laughs) for today's lesson hold on. So you sometimes you lose their attention by the time you pull everything and have it ready. And kids don't always know what to expect next. And for a lot of kids, that's not a big deal. But if you have a very planner, um, traditional type A student, it can be really frustrating for them to not know how their week's going to be laid out or what to expect. So if you're just opening and going, they don't have that kind of... Uh, idea of what's going on or a schedule so paper planning is next so hold on just a second that was up close and personal but this is my paper planner this year so and i have in my paper planner i include things like my meal planning for the week um weekly overview for our school week the month those kinds of things so The pros to paper planning are you can add additional information. Like I just mentioned, your meal planning can go in it. Your appointments for the week can easily go in it, things like that. You can also have any of the record keeping that you might need to stay legal in your state. Logins, which are really big right now as we're combining more and more virtual learning in. And household tasks. You could have a chore sheet. There's lots of things you can add to make paper planning your own. You can make copies for everyone. So once you have your plan for the week or the month or however you do it, you can literally go onto your printer or copier and make a copy for everyone. You could also scan it and email it. You can customize your planner to fit your personality. So like I made my own planner this year cause I wasn't finding anything that was working specifically for me. And the questions I like to answer on a daily basis to keep me on track. You could also make it pretty and add stickers and washi tape and all those things. That's not who I am as a person. But a lot of people are and they like to make their planner very almost like a scrapbook. So if you're one of those, you can absolutely do that with the paper planner. You aren't relying on a screen to dictate the day. So if you're very anti-screen, a paper planner is great because you're just pulling out a workbook or a piece of paper um, that is your planner. And that's how you're going through your day. You're not your students. Or your kiddos are not constantly seeing you check a device to see what you're doing next. So you're reinforcing the idea that we don't need to be attached so much to our devices. And paper, the last one is really big. If you're laying out your curriculum, especially if you're not following a schedule and you're not someone that just goes to the next next lesson in line and you're creating your own units or creating your own flow, Paper gives you the flexibility of having a place to record all your brainstorming and your thoughts and your kind of uh, scribble outlining and things like that. You can always go back to a computer and make it more legible, but I like having a place where I can be like, I didn't like doing this here. Next time I'm going to do it there, especially on classes I teach in our tutorial that I'll teach over and over again. So it's just a great place if you're doing units. It's a great place for you to, um, you know, you can have a whole space in the back that's like my kids mentioned. And as you're building out units for the year, if you do interest led or direction or delight directed learning, that's a great place to do it. You could keep a list of games in the back and what they're related to and how they could perhaps um, spark some interest in things. So paper gives just a lot of flexibility for that kind of stuff. The cons with paper are... You have to make copies if you want to share. You can't just send it to them, and we'll talk about that with digital. You can make it too large, so you can wind up having, like, you know, a book like this that you don't want to carry around and do things with. So then, it, when you make it too large, it can just wind up being put in a corner. Of your space wherever you do most of your schoolwork or most of your planning and then it's not being used really it's just a record book and that's fine if that's what you want to use it for but if you're using it for planning and to be something that you are is a living document you want to make sure that you're keeping it at a size that makes it living document size meaning that you can constantly be changing it and altering it and the last one really kind of goes back to those alterations it, can be time consuming if you are a big picture planner and someone gets hurt or someone gets sick or there's an unexpected visitor or there's an unexpected trip or there's an unexpected pandemic. Um, Those things can throw you off schedule. I have never ever not gotten off schedule ever at some point. Um, except on the classes I've taught for over 15 years because I really have a good idea with those. But most homeschoolers don't have the benefit of that experience. You're probably not going to teach the same content year after year after year. So you will need some adjustment. So paper planning daily, if you are someone that gets real, real upset, if you have to mark things out, I do not suggest it for you. Um, weekly planning is okay if you are someone, if you're using something, if you don't like scratching out, you can always just switch pages. But if you're doing that on the daily, then it's like you're constantly reprinting and replanning. So if you don't like scratch out stuff and that doesn't work for you, I really don't suggest paper planning because you're always going to be readjusting. Your kids are going to need three days on a lesson that you thought they would need one day on. That is just the way it works. So, um, you have to be kind of adjustable are flexible digital planning is next so we use paper planning for the week so i can like open up and see each week what i'm thinking is going to happen it never happens that way and that's okay super flexible me at this point but digital planning this is the first time i've used digital planning in the past in the past i've used google calendar and it was fine but it was not what i needed it to be okay So this time, I've tried two different sites. I've used Homeschool Planet and Homeschool Panda. They both have a 30-day free trial. So try both of them out and see which works for you. So I'm going to talk about digital planning as a whole, and then I'll come back to each one of those specifically. Um, And there are more. If you go on to Homeschool Planning Digital, like Google that, you're going to find a bunch. But those are the two that I knew people personally that were using them. They were suggested to me, and they were free to try. So, pros, you can plan quickly for each student. So, Sunday of this week, this is Tuesday, I sat down and pulled out, and I was learning the app. (laughs) Um, I pulled out all of our curriculum. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw all my boxes and stuff for my first grader. And I had my first graders um, first semester planned in about 45 minutes and that was me exactly that's exactly what I do Tricia where I have the digital planning and before I've done um Google Classroom but I'm digging Homeschool Panda as well and then I have that weekly overview because I like paper because I can make quick notes but I don't um and I like to have the flexibility of the digital planning so um You can make it I had her stuff done in 45 minutes. And that was with like not really knowing what I was gonna do. That included stopping and looking at books on Amazon and going through boxes of curriculum and pulling stuff. But she's also in first grade, so that keep that all with a grain of salt. But it was super easy to do. And now I can literally um, show her exactly what we're gonna do each day is the plan. If we don't get something done, and this is the like Ta-da! gold standard for the digital apps or the digital planners is that if it's not completed, I can go in and readjust and just push it back three or four days or there's another pandemic knock on one. Hopefully there's not. This one is enough and something happens and we're not schooling for like two weeks. We have an unexpected break. I can just move everything two weeks. Um, and I am a little in love with that kind of obsessed. It's, I don't know. It's like when you find that perfect lipstick and you just want to buy them all up. That's kind of how I feel about this. So, I'm super excited about that. Um, you can buy lesson plans for Homeschool Planet. Um, there are some free lesson plans for Homeschool Panda. I didn't see any that you buy. I'm not saying there's not because I've just messed around in both of them. Um, in Homeschool Panda, you can like look at your curriculum So, like, this is Right Start Math. Right Start Math has lessons. I don't know if you can see that. And you can divide up your curriculum by lessons. You can do it by pages. You can do it by chapters. Um, And I actually even used Homeschool Panda to to, um, plan out my class that I'm teaching, my biology, high school biology class, because I haven't taught high school biology in a long time. So, I wanted to have a place to kind of do all of that, there are not any to buy on Homeschool Pandas, what our friends said. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't see any. They're all either free, but and they it looks like they're member-made, which is fine because you can adjust them if they don't work for you. But what I did, because a lot of the stuff I use, I don't use a lot of typical homeschool curriculum, um, so I just went in and divided it by lessons or pages or whatever. So, and I'll try to go in and do, like, just a video of my Homeschool Panda stuff so you can see it. Um, and not that Homeschool planet, planet stuff looked great. My big negative to it was I didn't like the interface as much. It wasn't an app. And, um, like, you can access it through your phone, but you can't edit it through your phone. And you can edit Homeschool Panda through your phone. And sometimes I need to do that. Sometimes I'm not going to get off the couch in the evening to get my laptop. And that's because maybe I'm lazy. You can judge for yourself. But that's why. And then because we don't use a lot of the typical, stereotypical homeschool curriculum, we use a lot of just textbooks and living books and pulling this and pulling that. Um, the power of Homeschool Planet, in my opinion, is that you can buy all those pre made lesson plans and just put it in and have your year done. And if. You are using a traditional homeschool curriculum. It's all done for you. And if I was doing that, I would absolutely have chosen them and just like sucked up the fact that the interface to me wasn't quite as pretty, Um, but I don't. And so I was still gonna have to make my own stuff. Um, And for me, that meant that the interface was more important. You can make adjustments in a few quick clicks. I've already talked about that. I'm looking at my outline so I make sure I don't leave anything behind. you can use your phone to review no matter what. If you use any kind of digital planning, you can always use your phone to review. Like I said, in Homeschool Panda, you can actually make changes because it's an actual app. Um, and each student can have their own set of instructions. They can have their own login. So this year, I'm homeschooling a first grader, a seventh grader, and uh, a ninth grader. So my seventh grader and ninth grader, I'm really encouraging them to have some um of their own accountability and we tried this with Google classroom and it what our Google calendar, which is we've had family Google calendars forever and I'm just really excited to see how much better this will be with homeschool Panda. Um, Cause our new rule is going to be, if you haven't completed it and mommy hasn't approved it, then Saturday morning you're catching up on all your work you didn't get done. So sad for you. So um, I'm anxious to see how that works. Um, and it creates an easy record of what is getting done and what isn't. So if you are in a state that has really strict record keeping guidelines because they're going through and hitting complete, you have a very like print and go almost portfolio and add in a few artifacts of what they've done. And it's clear for anyone that's reviewing a portfolio, what you've done for the year. The cons, if you digital plan, are you're using a screen. So if you are really anti screens, And really are pushing your kids to disengage from screen time and you're constantly pulling out a screen to check what you're doing next or telling them to check what they need to do next then you got some mixed messages there Um, we are not those people so that's not really an issue for us you can't personalize a lot except for basic color coding like you can't add cute little pictures or anything like that but you can color code your students or color code your courses So, there is some customization, but it's not all super cutie cutie. But you can add notes and stuff in as well. Um, It's not a great space for brainstorming units. So, I do not suggest if you are making all of your own units, I suggest paper and then you can bring the individual. You can print off their assignments too, yes. So, if you don't want them looking at a um, digital planning space, you can print it off for them and then they can check the boxes. Let me see. It's not great for brainstorming units. So like I said, I would plan all that out and then put the individual things I wanted them to do each week into your digital planner if that's what you're going to use. And it is an annual investment. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's how my kids are too. They're all different. One would definitely prefer to have it printed off. The other one would definitely prefer to have the login. Unfortunately, my one that would probably prefer to have the login is also the one that Probably do other things than just look at this list. Um, so it is an annual investment if you do digital planning. Probably it's an annual investment if you do a paper planner unless you buy one that you print every year and then you're still paying for your own printing costs. but it's usually less than a $50 investment. Um, hybrid planning which is what I've been talking about um, and Trisha here on our comments has been talking about is what we kind of do. We use paper for weekly or yearly overview, monthly overview, but then we use digital for our daily lesson plans so that it's clear what every kid needs to do every day. And I will also tell you that as you add children, your amount of planning is going to increase if you are someone that really feels passionate about being able to get things done in an orderly way. Like if you're not a radical on-schooler and there are definitely things you want them to get done in a week your ability to plan and have an executable plan becomes more and more important and then the last one is not planning Um, oh in hybrid the pros are you can customize and do what you want with it the cons are you're really keeping up with two planners you're keeping up with a digital and with a paper planner and some people don't like that and that's how we get all the options we have right Um, And then it's kind of double the cost because you're paying for whatever you're paying for your paper planner. And then you're also paying for your digital planner as well. At this point in my personal game, it's worth it for me to spend a little extra money for us to be organized. So the last option is not planning. So my not planners, and it's not just radical unschoolers that don't. Plan anything. A lot of people don't use a formal curriculum and I would not call them necessarily radical unschoolers who, who just like follow whatever their kiddo wants to do. Um, there are definitely all forms of not planning people across the spectrum that are getting a lot of learning done. I, this is not a judgment call on my point, but there are pros and cons to each one and I wanted to hit this as well. So, pros are this is definitely best for parents that don't use a formal curriculum. And or it's using some kind of delight-directed, interest-led, unschool approach. Because these tend to be people who don't want to plan a lot in advance because their focus will change as their child's interests change. If that's working for you, that's awesome blossom. Cons, it's not great for your students that like to know what to expect. So if you have kiddos who really want to know what are we doing next week, like my kids panic about dinner about 17 times a day. That's right, 17 times a day. Um, And I tell them and then they'll forget and ask me again. So um, one of the things I'm adding to their planner when I do my weekly menu planning is what we're eating for dinner that night. Um, It's not good for kids that need to know what to expect or what to do or um, who feel really comfortable checking off a box um, and maybe not feel as comfortable being able to create a schedule and plan for themselves and need some scaffolding because they can't do it on their own. These are not kids that do well with not planning. Um, it's not ideal for people that need lots of records in order to feel, fulfill their state's requirements. Now, I have always used an umbrella school, so I've never done a portfolio evaluation. But I live in a state now that that is an option if you homeschool you can do portfolio evaluation so i've gotten more comfortable seeing that as a teacher um, or as a homeschool tutor in a state that does that and it's a lot of record keeping and you want to make sure that you have everything that you need at the end of the year and i just find that sometimes planning ahead of time makes the record keeping because then it's just check marks either you did it or you didn't and then you can put the things you did into your portfolio So if you're in a state that requires a lot of record planning, I don't suggest not, or record keeping, I don't suggest not planning as an option for you. Even if you're doing interest-led, you can always outline like what interest led looks like for you, the types of things that you're going to do, and then put in the topics as their interest change. So in conclusion, to kind of wrap this up. What you decide to do really is as individual as your homeschool experience. Everything in homeschooling is you're making education your own. It's your own unique approach. Planning is going to be exactly like that. You will make it as customized as you need it for your family. And you will find, um, just like we were mentioning earlier, that each kid might need a little something different and you have to tweak it for them. I am um, going to be posting some tutorials on Homeschool Panda and Homeschool Planet both. I think they're both very solid digital planning programs. There's pros and cons, like I said, to each one that I mentioned earlier, but I will be posting some tutorials where you can see the screens. And there's also some on Google. Homeschool Pandas were a little, um, I will say the YouTube tutorials were not as strong as I think they could be, um, but there's lots of ones for Homeschool Planet too. And then, like I said, I'm a hybrid planner myself, I customize, I change every year. This is my year that I really am excited about what I'm doing because like I said, I like the adjustment, uh, the adjustability, the flexibility of that digital planner daily. And we're doing lots. We started using Google Classroom in our homeschool and like our homeschool has a Google Classroom that I put my big boys, my big boys, my seventh and ninth graders stuff in. Um, So I really like kind of intermingling the digital with the paper. I've taught online classes for almost 15 years. So to me, that's just like, that's part of the education process. So I have embraced it, but I know some people don't. So you got to do what works for you and what kind of curriculum you're using and how you're using it. And it might change, but I wanted to get on here, like I said, and just touch base with you and let you know. Some options for planning out your year, if that's one of the things that, you know, my last video I was talking about, the inner critic is really starting to get to you. And if, plan- if the planning piece is holding you back, those are some options. Thanks for joining us this week on Suddenly Seeking Homeschooling. Check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Learning Hypothesis for more information on homeschooling and how to customize your unique approach to education. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode. See you next week.